Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. One of the most recognized names and faces in the world today is Kim Kardashian. She has more than 365 million Instagram followers. I don't have any Instagram followers. Recently, she decided to get into my business, the private equity business, and is starting a private equity fund with one of my former partners, Jay Sammons. I had a chance at a private equity conference in Berlin to interview both Jay and Kim about their private equity fund. And I also had a chance to interview Kim Kardashian alone before the conference began. I've often said that private equity is the highest calling of mankind. Why did it take you so long to realize that and that to join the private equity world? Um, I finally got talked into it once I came to that realization. Um, I have had a long-standing relationship with Jay, who came from the Carlisle Group, and I was um, pretty close to doing a few deals with Jay when he was at the Carlisle Group. So for about 10 years, we had conversations, whether it was through something we were going to do or people close to us were going to do, and, and I was privy to all of those conversations. So um, we finally, you know, had the conversation that we should really get into business together. Okay. And it's been a fascinating process. So um, the name of your firm is Sky Partners. Sky is usually spelled S-K-Y. Yours is S-K-K-Y. Um, how did you come up with that name? <laughs> you know, we had to have a little bit of, of influence. I thought, you know, Jay Salmons. I thought the, the S for Salmons and KK, Kim Kardashian. Okay, you know? worked out. It worked out. So um, you've now been exposed to the private equity world for a little bit of time. You've met investors uh, here and around the world, so forth. Uh, what is your view of the private equity investment community? Um, the most honest people you ever met? Very, very nice people. Um, I actually have been introduced to the world. A lot of my friends uh, growing up, they are in this space now, so I, I'm on a a group chat where I'm being asked all the time about different companies and businesses, mostly tech that they invest in, if they're really good companies. And I've even gotten on, you know, Zooms with all of the founders to hear the their pitches on their on their businesses as if I work with them already. So I felt like it would be a really good next step to do it okay. together. So, Jay, how did you, the two of you first meet, um, and how did you get into private equity, and why did you specialize in consumer? Well, I started, um, uh, first of all, David, thanks for having us and, and for being here with us. Um, I started my investing career about 23 years ago, and I had the uh, privilege of spending almost the last 17 years working for you, uh, as you know. I actually did not start investing in consumer businesses until I started at Carlisle. 
um, but obviously, um, you know, spent the entirety of my time at Carlisle doing that. And, and in particular, I spent all of my time trying to back great, disruptive, high-growth consumer brands. And I have a passion for that. I believe it's the best place to invest in consumer. And the experiences that I had at Carlisle, um, as I said, are putting us in a position to build something really special okay. here at Sky. So you also have a, a, a clothing company, which is called uh, Skims, right? Yes. yes. And you have a um, skincare beauty products company. Called Skin. Skin by Kim. Kim. Okay. All right. All right. Did you need a lot of help coming up with that name? Probably not. No. Okay. So that's a, two businesses. It's pretty big. Those are big businesses. Why did you think you had the time, you have four children, mm -hmm. uh, to do another business in the private equity world? How much time do you really have for, for something like this? I, I feel like in life, you have to do things that challenge you and help you grow and evolve. And this is a space that, after spending a lot of time with Jay and with the knowledge that I've learned starting businesses, taking investments from firms and people that I've learned so much about and having great relationships, and also being on the other side, seeing relationships not work out if you don't partner with the right investment person and team. And I really felt like we could set ourselves apart by me really being that person that has been the founder that believes in the founder, that wants to really help that company grow and thrive and really support them because I've been there and seen relationships work and not work. And um, it was just something that I was really interested in that I was willing to cut back on other things. Okay. And so when you ask people to do meetings, do they say no or do you, is it that hard to get a meeting or probably with investors or not that hard? So uh, the answer is no, and, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that, and it's largely because you know, I believe that what Kim and I are building is, is uh, unlike anything else uh, that's being built in this space, and it's a very intentional combination of two really complementary skill sets that, um, that other firms don't have. So, um, Shay, right now, um, the, cons the, the private equity world is tough to get financing for deals and so forth. So are you going to be doing uh, buyouts which require financing or are you going to do growth capital deals which presumably don't need as much financing or any? Yeah, our, our strategy is, is actually really consistent, again, with what I've done in the past, which was very unreliant on leverage. Um, in, in the consumer growth world, it's about great asset selection and great execution um, on value creation plans. It's not about the marginal amount of leverage that will drive a few basis points of incremental return. So in some instances, when the companies can support it, we'll use a little bit. But in most instances, we won't. Um, it's all about just getting behind the, the right ideas. OK. So when a deal comes along, how, how do you have an investment committee? I presume you're on the investment committee. And, and so is it a one-person veto? If you don't like the deal, it's not going to get done. Or if you don't like the deal, it's not going to get done. How does that work? Well, so far, we haven't really run into that issue. We both, I think, respect each other's opinion and trust each other. Um, I think culturally we have the same vision of what brands we think can grow and that we can really help um, make an impact. But we also both really believe that our team being included in these decisions is really important and we want everyone on our team to have a voice. What is it that you're most looking forward to about private equity? Is it coming to conferences like this? Uh, is that what you're, you're most looking forward to? Absolutely. I'm honestly most looking forward to my relationships with 
the founders. I'm really fascinated to hear their backstory. I'm, I'm a storyteller. I, okay. I'm so excited just to have the opportunity to help. Did you know what an influencer was really going to lead to when you first became a, quote, influencer? No, I really didn't. I knew that social media was really interesting in a way where I personally, when I got on, used it as like a free focus group when I had questions about, I mean, I was launching my first product ever, which was a fragrance, and I needed um, opinions, and I went to Twitter. I remember Twitter was like the first real platform besides MySpace, um, which at that time, an influencer wasn't even in the mindset. Sa same with Twitter, really, for a while. It was more of, um, I think, a way to communicate with a fan base. But I did use it as like a free focus group that I thought was fascinating. And I, I felt like the, the customer became more invested in the fragrance that I was launching because they felt like they were a part of it. And I just thought that was really interesting. And I didn't quite at that time, though, realize what a tool social media would be for business. Now, you've built several businesses. Uh, when you were building them, people would say, well, she can't really build a fragrance business or she can't really build a, uh, a clothing business because she doesn't have a background in that. But they turned out to be extremely successful. So did people not thinking you could do it urge you to make it even more successful? Or were you nervous that maybe they were right and you couldn't build those businesses? Or how did you feel about it when you were building these businesses from scratch? I definitely always took the doubt as motivation. I always felt like, and still do, always feel a bit insecure about it. Confident in the brand. I love creating a brand and launching a brand and the whole process of it. I always have those, uh, I think, healthy nerves when you're launching something, especially on a launch day or a product launch day. But I've always felt a little bit, I've always felt the doubt and I've always just, taken that as motivation to have me focus more and work harder and felt like I had more to prove. So nobody can build a business or run a business by themselves, so you have to hire people and get people around you from time to time for your businesses. How do you select who you're going to hire and do you ever have to fire anybody and say, well, you're good but not quite good enough? Yes, I have a great team and a small team. And the fires, firing's really difficult for me, so I always have someone else do it. It's really, really hard for me, unless it's someone that works in my household and I have a personal relationship with them. Obviously, I would give them the respect to do that. But I have a small team when I started my beauty business, when we started Skims, my business. Um, everything that I do starts with a really selective in-house team, even from my business manager, everyone is just someone that I've taken a lot of time to get to know, I trust, and a good community relationship within my office and within my house staff everywhere is the most important thing. And you test all the products yourself? In other words, everything. if it's a beauty product or something, you always test it? Oh, everything. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm so hands-on. I'm so involved. I mean, to this day for Skims, I'm still our fit model, which we have like a group of fit models. And I'll know the collection that I didn't fit for. I'm very specific on how things fit. And I make I pick the fabrics, I come up with all of the marketing. So with, with Skims and my beauty brand Skin, I do every last thing from packaging design to 
helping with the fonts and the, you know, every campaign, every photographer we pick, every formula of every product. I mean, I have to be involved 100%. So many people would say in one family, you probably can't have too many talented business people. In your family, you seem to have a lot of talented business people. So is there a competition between you and your sisters or you're so friendly there's no competition? You know, I'll, even like Kylie and I are both in the beauty business and we don't compete. We feel like we have two totally different brands and two totally different um, demographics. So I would say we don't really compete in that way. If anything, we would motivate each other and even we work on everything really privately and don't really communicate with each other about, you know, what we're launching and what our campaigns look like. I mean, if we're really excited about something, we'll share the process, but it's really rare that we do that now. And, and we don't really compete like that. I think we all just really focus and do our own thing. So your mother has been involved with your career as well, and uh, your mother is involved, I guess, with your sister's careers as well. So is she a superstar business manager or uh, impresario, or how did she manage to keep all of the children happy and have them each have their own career and their own businesses and still be so close to them? She's definitely the smartest woman I know, and I, I, it really started first. She was a housewife uh, when she was married to my dad, and she raised the four of us, and then when she married my stepdad, she became his agent and um, manager and got her agent license and, and figured it out and really helped uh, that, and then it bled into wanting to help her children when the time was right and when our career started. So I ask her all the time how she manages six kids and we all have very similar lives, but I find it really interesting that a lot of people call her to want to get her to be their manager and she just, like her heart is with her children. So I think it's uh, a different kind of love and motivation, but she completely has helped us all figure it out. We come to her for every ounce of advice and she's really been so great at managing all of us. And, but she's also really good at, at being the best mom and even maybe a manager would push for one decision. She'll push for a mom decision first. So you were very close to your father who passed away at a very young age of cancer. Uh, he was a lawyer, well-known lawyer. Um, did that motivate you to want to go and become a lawyer yourself? Absolutely. I mean, I think just seeing him every day, he would get up, be on his way to work, drop us off at school see him, you know, go to work, come home for dinner. Like we just, I saw how hard he worked and I saw just his work ethic that really drove me and especially his law studies, I think really inspired me. We talked about it. I mean, he passed away when I was 22. So it was, I was in college and we talked about my path in college and he was really realistic with me. I did not like school. And he said, you know, I just don't think that this, I, I don't think you want to do this full time. I really want you to think about this. But if you stay in school, I will, you know, help with your apartment. And, and it was like a trade off that he would help. And I just wanted to be independent. And I wanted to not go down that journey at that time. And, um, but I do think that he would, I think he'd absolutely be proud of me, but I think he would get a kick out of the fact that I'm doing it now. And, 
he'd be the best study buddy with me and help me help me study. Now, to be a lawyer in California, you don't have to go to law school. You, don't. Um, you can read the law, which is what people used to do many years ago. Abraham Lincoln never went to law school, and he did okay as a lawyer. Yeah. So um, you're reading the law, and you're, you've passed one of the bar exams, and you're going to take another one at some point in time. Is that right? Yeah, I think in about two years, I take the next one. So you need two bars in order to pass to become a lawyer. So I, I think now, since I've passed the first one, I could practice under someone. Um, but to be a lawyer on my own, I have to pass the second bar. So I'm constitutional law is kicking my butt right now, and that's what I'm that's what I'm studying currently. Um, and it's, you know, it's extremely time-consuming, but so worth it. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You've become so well-known. I think you have more Twitter followers than probably almost anybody in the world. Twitter followers, Instagram followers. You have something like 350 million Instagram followers. Is that the right number? Something like, like that? I think like 359. 359 like million. That. I have like zero. <laughs> I have no Instagram followers. I'm afraid to be on Instagram because I wouldn't have any followers. But you I have 359 it. million. So when you go to a restaurant or you go out in the public anywhere, can you ever be not bothered by people who want to take your picture, want a selfie, want an autograph. How do you deal with all that? I think, um, you know, depending where you go, you really have to know where to go, and you definitely can get away with that sometimes. But you also have to understand when you're going out in public, that's just kind of, I guess, what comes along with the territory. I love to travel the world. If I go to Japan, you know, no one will ask. Um, their culture is very different. Um, different places all over the world just have different, I think, beliefs and and cultures where it's just not as important for them to ask for photos. So it's fun to travel and and get away sometimes from that. But I also know 
that that kind of comes along with the territory as well. And how do you convince your children that not every mother is as famous as you? Because they see people coming, calling you, you're very well known. How do you convince your children that not every mother is that way and therefore they have to live a life that may be a little bit different than the one you're living? Well, I think that they really do understand that every family is different. I mean, even within my sisters, you know, other sisters have different roles, snacks that they can eat, snacks we can eat, shows they can watch, you know. So we do talk about different families and different roles all the time. I think that they grew up seeing a lot and, you know, whether we're on, they were at their dad's you know, big events or at filming, you know, with me and seeing stuff. I think they just have known and we've been really open and honest with them about our lives and how big it is and how different it is. And let's be positive and think of all of like the good positive things and just try to give them amazing experiences. But they are also so normal and well grounded that I'm so happy that they have a group of cousins that can all relate and that we all live in the same gated community and they ride bikes to each other's houses and scooters and I mean it's they're the most normal well-adjusted kids and it just makes me so happy and as a mom you just feel like you're doing something right when your kids are happy. When you were growing up and you were a little girl the age of your children um, did, could everybody pronounce the name Kardashian then because <laughs> no. Um, now it's a well-known name, but I imagine people said pronounce it incorrectly then. Did you correct them, or were you? Was everybody pronouncing it correctly then? No, I remember then. Uh, we I would laugh with my dad about this during the OJ trial when reporters would always say his name they would always get it wrong and say different versions of it. And my dad told me a story that when the Armenians came over to America, they usually took off the IAN off their last name. So anyone with IAN, they're Armenian. And so, you know, our last name would be like Kardash, you know, and he just would always say, just never take the IAN off your last name. Like, it's okay if they mispronounce it. But we would laugh all the time that no one can get our last name. And now it seems really simple. Well, you and your mother and your sisters and your whole family became famous initially, I think, with a TV show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Is that what it was yes, called? Yes, yes. So when you were first approached about that, did you roll your eyes and say, I don't want to do a reality TV show? Or you say, no, this is going to be great. We're going to be famous because of this? Or how did you get the idea? Or who came to you with the idea? And did all of you want to do it unanimously? Or did all of you say, maybe not? Yeah, well, when I, I remember so vividly being at my best friend's house, 1989, so I was nine years old, and the show The Real World launched. And I looked at my best friend and I said, that's it. I, ha I have to be on a reality show. And she said, I go, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And she said, okay, well, when we're 18, we'll make an audition tape for The Real World. And she goes, I don't want to be on, but I'll be your manager. And her dad's a manager, and we laugh now at our conversation then. And the show came about because uh, Kathy Lee Gifford is one of my mom's closest friends, and when she'd come in town and stay with us, she would just laugh and say, you guys are a reality show. What you guys are talking about, fighting about, how you guys live your life, this has to be a reality show. And um, we called Ryan Seacrest, got connected to him, met with the E! Network, and our show was on the air. We started filming a week later. I think we were a filler show for a show that fell out of uh, production, and they needed something quickly, and we 
we just started filming. We thought we'd be on for maybe a season or two. And we did 20 seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, 10 spinoffs. Um, and now we're in filming season four of the Kardashians, which is basically the same thing, just on a streaming on Hulu. When I was nine years old, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. That didn't work out for me. But uh, usually when you want something at nine, it doesn't usually work out. But I guess it worked out for you and your, your sister. I was determined. They didn't want, they didn't care and they didn't want to do it. But I talked them into it by saying that we, we had a clothing store and I said, you guys, this would be the best promotion for our clothing store. We should really consider this. And that got them hooked. Worked out. It did. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.